Gabriel has summoned me from the great nothing to tell you February 19th to 24 he is appearing at the Comedy Cave in Calgary, Canada. That's fun to say. The Comedy Cave in Calgary, Canada. The Comedy Cave in Calgary, Canada. Sorry I'm done. No I'm not. One more. The Comedy Cave in Calgary, Canada. Also March 1st and 2nd Gabriel will be in St. Paul, Minnesota at the Joke Joint. That's not as much fun to say as the Comedy Cave in Calgary, Canada. For more info and for all of Gabriel's show dates go to GabrielRutledge.com. Episode 8 of Happiness Isn't Funny with Gabriel Rutledge starts right now. Now here's your host, Gabriel Rutledge. Check. This week, uh, hosts of the Happiness Isn't Funny with Gabriel Rutledge podcast are staying at the Sure Stay Plus Hotel by Best Western, room 236. I thought I was at the other Best Western. I didn't know. I'm in Moses Lake. Uh, did a show in Royal City, Washington. Uh, just got done with it. Staying in Moses Lake. Uh, I thought I was at the other Best Western. I was I was rolling into town, and I'm like, wow, this place looks nice, right in the water. Maybe I'll rent a canoe and go for a nice... That's too fucking cold for that. But And then uh, I went in, and they were like, oh, we're not staying here. Maybe you're at our other Best Western. A couple exits down. The Surest Day Plus Hotel by Best Western. Which I don't know how they get to keep using the name Best Western. Because this is the only hotel I've ever been to with a lobby. Uh, you can't, there's no door, but it's physically attached to a mini mart. Which honestly is fine because, you know, I wasn't going to take a canoe ride, but I might need a Slim Jim. It's right there in the lobby. Maybe, maybe legally it's. <laughs> It's sure stay plus hotel by Best Western, meaning, you know, legally, no, no, it's by a Best Western. It's nearby. It's like a mile away. So we're not lying. It's also by a Ramada, by a Super 8, and by a Red Lion. Welcome to sure stay. It's by other shit. Slim Jim? Uh, I've had a, uh, I'm going to call this a hashtag blessed week because, uh, a lot of snow, a lot of snow in the uh, western Washington area where I live. And uh, not only did I get back the day I was supposed to from Wisconsin last week, it was late. I got back at 1 or 2 in the morning, but still, I got back. And uh, I didn't lose any work. Like, I know tons of people who uh, had shows cancel, and I, di- I, I did not. I had a great show. Um, on Valentine's Day at the Tacoma Comedy Club, sold out. Had a, had a fun show in Bainbridge Island, Washington, at the Good Egg. Uh, in uh, Bainbridge Island. Uh, shout out to uh, uh, Lena, who listens to the podcast. Thank you. Uh, that was a fun night. And then uh, tonight in Royal City, it was at a golf course, Royal City, Washington. Um, and... Uh, not only was the weather okay to drive here, but 
Some uh, some guy gave me 200 bucks in the bathroom before the show even started, which uh, I should probably explain. But, uh, yeah, like, I hadn't even gone up yet, and the, he was a little wobbly. I could tell he was drunk. He asked me how much money I was making, which is weird. Uh, and I told him. And then he was like, hey, then I got something for you. And then uh, he took two crisp $100 bills out of his pocket. And he was like, that's for you. And I was like, sir, you don't, it's not necessary. And he's like, no, you're a good guy. I want to give it to you. And then I'm like, is this uh, the start of a sexual transaction? Is that what's happening right now? Because, um, I don't want to do it, but 200 bucks is a good start. Maybe that's the motivation I needed. Um, I mean, I have gotten tips at shows before, but usually not before the show, which was very weird. Um, and then he's like, don't tell anyone. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I'm sure your wife would be thrilled. Uh, you gave 200 bucks to a stranger in a bathroom as a tip for a show you hadn't seen yet. You're not good with money, and thank you for yours. Actually, a lot of times when I'm selling uh, uh, merch, the people will just, I don't know, give me 20 bucks and be like, I don't want anything. You just did a good job, which, don't get me wrong, I'll take the 20 bucks, but it feels like a slight insult. Like, you don't you don't even have a friend who would want my book or a shirt or, is this charity? I mean, I'll take charity, but weird. It's weird. It's, you know, you did such a good job. I want to give you 20 bucks, but I never want to be reminded of your name or enjoy your humor ever again. We're done after this evening. Thank you. No, thank you. I actually, I had one show cancel. Uh, I was going to do a show in Kirkland at Liquid Lime, and actually, and then I got rescheduled. I was, I didn't want to do it. Uh, but I'm doing that on the uh, Tuesday, the 26th. Now I'll be at Liquid Lime in Kirkland, Washington. But don't don't go if you live in that area. Don't uh, save your money and go see me uh, March 7th, where I'm I'm headlining the Parlor Live in Bellevue. Um, I've gotten a lot better at saying no to things, uh, but. Uh, That Liquid Live show, the last time I did it, uh, it's just a show I don't have to do that much anymore. I used to have to do them all the time, but it's just, at least last time it was a crazy bar, half the room's not paying attention, TVs are on. It was just, you know, it's the kind of show you have to do all the time uh, on coming up, but I'm spoiled now, and I don't have to do those that often. Um, but uh, I have trouble saying no to the guy who books it, because he's such a sweet guy that I'm like, all right even though it pays less than a random guy will give me in a bathroom in Royal City, Washington. That's my new uh that's my new barometer for whether I should take a show. Does it pay better than a drunk stranger in a rural golf course bathroom? Okay, I'll take it. I did have last time I did that show in Kirkland, uh I had the best heckle I've had in my 18 long years of being heckled. And by best, I mean most hurtful 
most hurtful heckle ever. This uh, youngish woman was talking. I was telling my jokes to mediocre response. I, I said to the woman in the table, like, hey, what's, what's, what's going on down there? You know, just trying to get their attention. And uh, <laughs> it's, I'm not even able to get it out right now. It was such a good heckle. She just goes, why is your hair so much prettier than your face? Jesus, lady. I I was thrown. I was thrown by how good of a heckle that was. I reverted to like, well, my my mom says if if you're making fun of other people, it's because you have your own problems. I just I didn't even have a good comeback. I was just so impressed with that heckle. Why is your hair so much prettier than your face? <laughs> Holy shit! Brutal. We gotta get we gotta get that random lady on roast battles. She'd kill it. Also, a good heckle comeback to when someone says, "Why is your hair so much prettier than your face?" A good comeback is, "I'm not sure." That's not good. I wasn't ready for your level of heckle talent. Cause, cause Pantene doesn't make soap. I don't. Is that a good comeback? I don't know. Just go back to ignoring me. I thought your table was a problem because they weren't paying attention, but please go back to not paying attention. Your words can hurt. I had a weird, uh, I had a weird wake up today. Uh, thanks to my wife, uh, who is a very active dreamer, if that's a term. Uh, I was uh, sleeping, and I was awo- I was awoken to my wife saying, "Shut the fuck up." Which, uh, don't get me wrong, she said that before bed a lot of times, but we don't normally wake up that way. Uh, and she was, uh, I thought, I, I was confused, she's having a dream. And later she told me she was having a dream that she was arguing with her mom about going to a high school dance, and her mom wouldn't let her wear a strapless bra. So, uh, there is a lot of shit going on in my wife's brain. And uh, I guess I should be happy there's a little bit of room for me in there. Uh, Another country song? (laughs) There's a lot of shit in your brain. Please keep room for me. I'll shut the fuck up if you still love me. That's a scary... Wait, what we do in our sleep is scary. Like, if you, if the police showed up at your house and they were like, last night in your sleep you murdered someone, part of you would be like, oh, fuck, I probably did. Oh, God. Well, I'm so sorry. Like, it's scary. We just check out. Uh, a thousand years ago, one time, uh, <clears throat> I remember I, <laughs> I had it. I was dreaming that I was eating sausages with Tony Soprano. You know, like you do. Uh, classic Soprano's dream scenario. Eating sausages with Tony. And uh, I woke up because apparently during this dream, <laughs> I was biting my wife's fingers. 
She's like, what the hell are you doing? I In my brain, I was eating sausages, which that's not really a compliment to the person you're sleeping with, by the way. No, 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 no. I, I was dreaming I was eating sausages and your hand was... That's not really a compliment. I should have picked a more athletic food. But uh, it... And then I realized, yeah, I'm definitely gnawing on my wife's fingers. And all I could, I just knew I had to deny it. She's like, why are you biting me? I'm like, I'm not. Just rolled over. I didn't didn't do it. You're dreaming. Shut up. No, you're dreaming. And then uh, the next morning, I'm like, yeah, I don't. I was having a. (laughs) And from my wife's perspective, middle of the night, I reach out, grab her hand. And she's like, oh, what a loving husband I have who sleepily reaches out for the grasp of his wife. And then I raise her hand to my mouth, and she's like, what a nice husband. He's going to gently kiss my knuckles as we fall into a blissful in love sleep. And then, nope, snack time. Snack time for old Sopranos fan. And uh, she's like, what the fuck are you? <laughs> sorry sorry I, I uh i when i was in a band i remember we we when we were on tour one time and uh super sleepy i remember trying to get to sleep and then uh i uh <laughs> the next morning the other guys in the band were looking at me kind of weird. And I'm like, what? And they're like, you don't remember? I'm like, what? They're like, you've lost your shit last night. You just woke up and started screaming that you were tired and everyone needed to shut the fuck up. And I'm like, what? I have no... It's scary. It's like way scarier than blackout drinking. It's just like... Blackout sleep. You're like, what did I do? I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to scream at anyone. Jesus Christ, it's not safe to sleep. When I was a kid, uh, <clears throat> my brother, would uh, he would get nuts when he was sick. And uh, <laughs> I remember one time we had bunk beds, and uh, he had the top and bottom bunk. Such a dick. No, he had the top bunk. And uh, by the way, he rolled off of that bunk, hit the floor, and stayed asleep one time. That's how scary sleep is. A thing that, like, if if you saw it happen in a crosswalk, that level of collision, you would take someone uh, to the emergency room uh, in the middle. He didn't even wake up. Did not wake up. Uh, sure, he only could walk to the left after that, but you get used to it. Life's a flat circle, man. Uh, so one time he was sick. My parents came in to check on him, and he just goes, he just wakes up all frenzied, and he goes. Where's my orange juice? I can't find my elbow. And uh, that was uh, sort of a family joke for our entire life. I might be getting the quote slightly wrong, but it was <laughs> it was very similar. It's like, where's my orange juice? I can't find my elbow. I also uh, the the I think I think about this from a psychological. Uh, Childhood perspective. We were sick a lot when we were kids. Probably could have been from the toxic mold. Um, that's not a term anyone used in the uh, early 80s. No one said toxic mold. They just called it 
a fuzzy hug. No, they called it Don't Touch the Gross Wall. We lived in a, it, South Bend, Washington. It was super wet. We had cement walls. It was just mold. Uh, <clears throat> so, and I don't know if that's why we were sick all the time, but it certainly didn't help. And uh, I had, I think, epiglottitis. Epiglottitis once, which is like a scary... You can die from it. They have to do a surgical procedure on your epiglottitis to save you. So... I was in the bedroom, bottom bunk, and I was very faint. I was, you know, I was getting ready to die, basically. I very faintly was saying to uh, my parents from the bedroom, like, hey, I don't know, I need some help. Or so I was whisp. I couldn't raise my voice. So my brother from the, from the top bunk was like, do you want me to go get, uh, you know, I don't know, our parents? Mom or Pa, we called my dad Pa because we were raised on a farm. Not really, but we just did. And I kept saying no. He's like, do you want me to go get help? No. I'll, I'm fine. Mom, Pa, hey, hello. He's like, do you want me? And then finally, I think he did. And uh, we, you know, I ended up in an ambulance uh, going to the nearest Big hospital, big-ish hospital, which was like 40 minutes away. It was like a near-death experience, and I was refusing help. What the fuck does that mean? When you're five, and you're like, I don't want to be a bother. Anyway, can you hear a dog barking in the room next to me? You might be able to. Keep it down, 234. I'm recording a podcast. That's it's like a radio show on the internet. It's do you do you have an iPhone? I'll I'll slide you a link under the door. All right. This episode uh, has a sponsor. Uh, if you would like to sponsor an episode of Happiness Isn't Funny with Gabriel Rutledge, that's me. Uh, give me five bucks. Message me on uh, social media or uh, Gabriel at GabrielRutledge.com or go to RutledgeRadio.com and click on the envelope or whisper it to a pigeon. Um, and then I'll, uh, I'll plug whatever you want. Like this week. This week's sponsor, Passline Merch. PasslineMerch.com, specializing in small batch full-color koozies, caps, buttons, and modern retro heat transfer ringer t-shirts. Perfect for bands, events, organizations, and teams. Affordable and fun. PasslineMerch.com for small batch full-color custom merch. That's PasslineMerch.com. I will, uh, under the episode notes, uh, I will have a link to PasslineMerch.com. And uh, uh, please uh, check them out for all your merch needs. That's uh, from my pal, Eric Lincolnhurst, who was a religious fan and uh, who I've done comedy with before. And uh, he's got music, too. Uh, cool cool dude, Eric. Uh, it's been too long since I've seen you. But thank you. Thanks. PasslineMerch.com All right. Uh, let's get into... Shit that Gabriel should have said last week. So last week, uh, when I was talking about, someone had uh, asked me a question. Um, someone had whispered a question to a pigeon, 
and it found me. Um, a, about uh, just my thoughts on Louis C.K. coming back to work comedy clubs and stuff. One thing I was <clears throat> one thing I was thinking about though is uh, <laughs> years ago, uh, three years, four years ago, uh, Louis C.K. was in Seattle, and uh, he was just going around to uh, different. I think he was doing a big show in town. Um. And but he was just doing sets at different comedy clubs around the Seattle area, and so it was like everyone on Facebook had a "I just met Louis C.K." story, and uh, so there was a lot of posts that were like, uh, "Louis C.K. just told me I had a good set last night. This is the validation I need to keep going." There was a lot of posts like that because uh, you know. He was being polite, I assume, or or he really thought they had a good set, one or the other. Uh, and so this is a, uh, an example of how uh, the written word does not always translate onto a social media post. I, on Facebook, I wrote something along the lines of like, you know, a bunch of Seattle comics have met Louis C.K. last night. Um, and I really, I really wish uh, he hadn't been so encouraging because he's... <laughs> He's going to cause people that should quit comedy to keep doing it for years longer. It was better worded than that, but that was the basic gist of it. I was trying to bust balls. You know, I wasn't trying to say everyone he complimented is terrible at comedy and should quit. I was just sort of making the point that, like, hey, he's probably being polite. It, it's not a, a justification of you uh, quitting your dad's plumbing business. Uh, but it... <laughs> It had two reactions. One, people just started commenting like, "Yeah, someone finally fucking said it. Fuck all." And like, okay, that I didn't. I meant it lighthearted. And then the other, the other part was people uh, thought I was an asshole. Which this I don't even know how this happened. Gary Goldman, who is a extremely funny, uh, well-respected stand-up comic, he's actually doing uh, stand-up comedy writing tips all year on Twitter, like one tip. A day. I would definitely check that out. But I, I'm a Gary Goldman fan. He is not my Facebook friend. Somehow, he saw this post and commented on it. Again, I'm not my Facebook. I am not Facebook friends with Gary Goldman. So it just shows up, you know, 10 comments in from Gary Goldman, and it just says, you're a dick. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. This is not my intended. I'm trying to bust balls with people I know. It did not work out. Um, let's. I just. I ended the thread. I'm like, you guys might. Yeah, look, it's over. Some of you guys think I said something funny. Some of you guys think I'm an asshole. Gary Goldman just said I was a dick. So uh, it's over. But that is. I will. I will say. Um, Sometimes we put too much stock in compliments. Uh, and I... Because people are nice, right? Like, I've been in bands that were not good before. I mean, we got decent. But, you know, when I was playing music at... 18, 19 years old, we no, that's not... We weren't great. But we got a lot of compliments. And partly that's because your friends who've only seen you do other things are like, holy shit, 
These people I know are kind of in a band. They're all playing a similar chord at a similar tempo. Uh, and that's true. Uh, until you hit like a certain level of uh, success, all your feedback is going to be positive. Whatever you do, if you sketch, if you're a sketch artist, people are always like, you're great. You should be professional. And then if you are professional, people will be like, you're not that good. This should be a hobby. Uh, I even like, I watch all these uh, restaurant reality shows, which how true are they? Not sure. Uh, God, I've been watching this one called, uh, uh, what is it called? It's like, it's like Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay, but for some reason they have to do it all in 24 hours. I've only got 24 hours to turn this restaurant around. Why? Why can't you take three days? What, what the hell does it matter? No, we only have 24 hours. Uh, but my point is all these people, all these struggling restaurants, they, they say, well, what do you think the problem is? And they're like, well, I know it's not the food. People love our food. I get compliments on our food all the time. Yeah, I'm sure you do. But that's uh, just because you got a compliment. That happens in comedy all the time. People will go to some uh, show, especially in like a rural area. And those people will be, you're the best comic, comic we've ever had here. And people are like, oh my God, I'm the best comic they've ever had here. I'm amazing. And I'm like, someone hears that every week. I mean, don't get me wrong. Compliment, if you're not getting any compliments, also a bad sign. If people are walking uh, past you after the comedy show and they're saying things like, man, I could never get up there, or this seems like a tough business, takes a lot of balls, those are not good signs either. But no matter what you do, if someone tells you you're the best they've ever seen, you gotta, you got to realize that uh, they're being nice and thank you, but you can't let that go to your head. Uh, anyway, I hope Gary Goldman doesn't remember that I'm a dick because I may have been that day, but it's not like a lifestyle choice. I was accidentally a dick. I experimented with dick in college. <laughs> it's out of context, but anyway. Hello, this is a commercial word for Anchor Podcasts, the easiest way to host your podcast. If you don't have a podcast, congratulations. You probably have an enjoyable life full of friends, family, and fun. Uh, but if you do have a podcast, um, I'm sorry. And you should use Anchor Podcasts. Uh, it's easy. It's free. Uh, they distribute everything for you. They give you sponsorship, which apparently is just talking about Anchor. I guess that's their sponsorship. But I don't want to brag, but I make, you know, maybe six bucks a month doing this. So worth it of course it is uh go to anchor.fm or the anchor app we now return to another riveting episode of the rutledges i also mentioned last week that uh mike tyson you know just the idea that louis was never going to work again is probably not reasonable because mike tyson who is a convicted rapist uh is you know he's in the hangover he's appears on talk shows he's had reality shows and i said he had a play on broadway which is kind of true it was a one man show 
uh, I think it was called The Undisputed Truth. I guess a one-man show was a play, but I kept I kept saying Mike Tyson had a play on Broadway, which just, I don't know, you just imagine him running around <laughs> singing and dancing. Like, my name is Mike, and I like to fight. Uh, so it was a one-man show. Uh, I mean, my my point is the same. But uh, I kept <laughs> I kept saying Mike Tyson on Broadway uh, like it was a real production. Um, it was just a one-man show. Uh, he also had a cartoon, which uh, I think it was an adult cartoon, but still. Really, if Louis's Road to Redemption, you should do a cartoon because uh, that's where you are allowed to say shit you can't say as a real person in cartoon form. If South Park was a show with people... That show would have been off the air uh, immediately. But it's like cartoons, right? So it's like, yeah, whatever. But yeah, Mike Tyson had a cartoon. Okay, guys, listen up. Marcus, you scared the bejesus out of me, man. Why you gotta be creeping? Oh, sorry. Did it do that thing with the explosion and the smoke again? I, I swear, I am not doing it intentionally. Dad, when are you gonna look at these with me? Look at what? College catalogs. I have to apply soon. Not now, baby. A pigeon just brought in a new message. I guess one of the one of the reasons uh, Mike Tyson gets to have a little a little bit of a redemptive story, and also I'm sure he wouldn't have right out of prison, but that's even though what he did is clearly, I mean, uh, way worse than what Louis C.K. did. Uh, he was sentenced. He committed a crime. He was sentenced. And released. So, like, you know, that idea of, like, he has paid his debt to society, I guess. Uh, Louis, um, I'm, not, I'm not the one who came up with this thought, but I've heard other people say it. And I think it makes sense. Is since he didn't, he just did some weird, creepy shit. It's not illegal. There's no sentence. There's no, there's no, uh, you can't be in public th for three years and then you're allowed to come back. There's no, so it's a little more confusing. Um, but, uh, so I don't know. I don't, I'm not exactly sure what I'm saying. I'm not sure I'm saying it's, I guess I do think it's kind of bad that Mike Tyson gets to have a cartoon. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, uh, I know he paid his debt to society, but it's just very weird. And, uh, <clears throat> it's, I don't know. It, I mean, I just saw this thing that said Bill Cosby is like trying to make it, write a TV show from prison right now. It's just, I don't know. Um, I don't know what it, the show's going to be called. Maybe rapists say the darndest things. I don't know. Uh, him and Ty, him and Tyson can both be back on Broadway. Um, I wish I had a, I wish my wife was my uh podcast co-host uh for moments like these when these kind of topics come up because of course I have opinions on uh Louis CK and things of this nature but I don't always think of everything that a woman would and I think that's an important part of the conversation. I answered the question uh the best I could last week. Um I kind of made it more about me. You know what I mean? How it affects people who do comedy? Then maybe I should have, but, um, but yeah, uh, it's man, Mike Tyson's voice is just uh, it's been well made fun of, but uh, 
what an interesting, uh, uh, incredible athlete, violent person with a voice like that. It's just uh, uh, very interesting. In fact, that was like my memories of early comedy that I wasn't a, I wasn't a comedian yet. I mean, like I would watch it on TV. I didn't even have a TV uh, growing up, but I would. I remember babysitting for people and watching Evening at the Improv, <laughs> which is a stand-up comedy show. And uh, they'd be like, can we watch cartoons? And I'd be like, no. This guy in a blazer and a skinny tie notices things, and I also notice things. I like this show. Uh, but I, that that was like a very common joke is people doing Mike Tyson's voice. That was like, I don't know, 80s hack or whatever, but... I actually started watching uh, <laughs> Evening at the Improvs. Uh, every single Evening at the Improv is on Hulu. And I think it started in 80. Um, and it's, I mean, it's like, a, it's like a stereotype of old comedy. Like I said, they're wearing blazers and tennis shoes and skinny ties. And I've said this, I'm including myself in this. I said this a couple episodes ago. Comedy does not age well. And I think it's important to remember when you're uh, uh, talking about classic anything that if you, I mean, I don't know, in music, if you look back at the, people still talk about 60s and 70s music as the best music ever. And I don't think, maybe Richard Pryor, but other than that, maybe Carlin, um, 80s comedy is terrible. It's, uh, but it was such a, I guess it was such a fad that people were just like, uh, you know, they were just so into the art form that it was like, oh my God, this is, cause it was different. It wasn't, it wasn't like take my wife, please old school kind of comedy. It was like, uh, oh, you ever go to the movies and notice this? And they're like, oh my God, I also notice things. This person's a genius. Uh, some of that early, I, I think it was the first episode or second episode of Evening at the Improv that I watched. There was a guy, <laughs> he was juggling. Uh, the juggling comedian has kind of gone away. I think they're on cruise ships or private events, but, uh, so he was, but he was juggling and doing political jokes. So he's like juggling and while he's juggling, he's like, <laughs> Uh, when Jimmy Carter got elected, people had high expectations. But then, and then he throws one ball really high in the air while he's juggling, and it hits the ground like thump. He let us down. And the crowd's like, yeah! Jimmy Carter jokes and juggling? Can life get better? I submit that it cannot! Uh... So yeah, it was, it's, uh, it's very funny. And even fashion aside... Um, it's, uh, it's very interesting that, I mean, it was like, it was such a, it was like a new, it was like a new thing. Like there was, there weren't comedy clubs until like, I don't know, late seventies, early eighties. That wasn't a thing. I mean, people did comedy, but it was like nightclubs or they opened for music or, um, I mean, I remember early days of me going on the road. Uh, I think it was in somewhere near Denver, a club that closed. 
And I was the middle act, and I was talking to the headliner, and he was like, I've been working at this club for whatever, 20-something years. He's like, the first time I worked it, I was the MC, and they paid me like $800 to MC the week. And then I middled it for like $1,500, and they flew me in. And then I headline it for like three grand. This is like three grand in, you know, uh, mid-80s, which uh, I'm not good at math, but that's more now. I think that's how it works. And he's like, and now I'm still working in this club, and it pays 1000 to headline, no travel. Uh, so it was, uh, that's, you know, that's crazy. Of course, at the time I was making, uh, 400, no travel. I'm like, someday I'll make a thousand. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a boom. We're allegedly in a comedy boom right now, but it's not really a comedy club boom. It's more of a, a comedy special boom and an internet comedy boom. And, uh, there's a lot more comedians in theaters than there used to be, but it's, you know, there was a time where you just said you did comedy and, uh, Six months later, a year later, like you could go on the road because it paid better than your real job. But it appears to me, uh, with hindsight, that there was a lot of terrible comedy going on. Um, I mean, uh, we thought comedy was going to be great, but then it let us down. Ah! Juggling! Uh... In fact, I heard um, Jeff Foxworthy in an interview once talking about he taped Evening at the Improv, and they actually had no crowd. There was like three or four people in the crowd, but they taped it, and they said, look, we'll show other crowd shots, just go really slow, and uh, we will put in laughter from a different show. And uh, I haven't watched that one yet on Hulu, but I want to because... uh, I want to see if you can tell, but I bet you can't. I bet you can't. He just, you know, he just did his act to no one really slow, and then they added the laughter later, you know. So he's on stage like, if you ever ate salad out of a Tupperware bowl, you might be a redneck. Two, three, four. So I'm from the South, you know. I don't know why my Jeff Foxworthy impression sounds like he's 103 years old. This is like really old Foxworthy. Like, if you if you ever left your teeth at a Cracker Barrel, you might be a redneck. Uh, I don't. I haven't had that level of editing on any uh, TV show I've done. I mean, they've all been edited. That's kind of the appeal of uh, doing a, a late night set is uh it's unedited they just you know i mean i guess they could edit the whole thing out but they're not cutting parts out of um you know and the, sometimes the editing is not the the comedian's friend because uh, like when when i did live at gotham on comedy central they said do 10 minutes but everyone sets like five and a half six minutes so they're chopping uh they're chopping a lot and sometimes they don't you know, we're not in charge of the editing, and sometimes they'll take out a joke and leave in a callback to that joke later in your set, so it just makes no goddamn sense at all. Uh, I remember uh, actually at that Live at Gotham taping, he wasn't on my show, but Donald Glover uh, also taped a Live at Gotham, 
and he i think we weren't supposed to say we you know we had to submit a written thing of every joke we were going to do and the only note they had on mine i think i mentioned e harmony and they're like maybe just say online dating and i'm like i'm just not going to do the joke cuz now it sounds stupid um but we weren't supposed to specifically mention like i think he had a joke about working in mcdonald's i believe and they, he was just supposed to say I worked at a fast food restaurant, which is so – that's hard. That's not how comedy works. Hey, when I was a kid, I worked at a fast food restaurant. Is this identifiable? Uh, but he forgot, and so I think he said McDonald's, did the whole joke. So the show's over. The producers put him back on stage. And they're like, just redo the joke, but don't say McDonald's this time. So he redid part of his I used to work at McDonald's joke, but just said fast food. There's no one in the crowd. He's just on stage. But they like, you know what I mean? They 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 just cut out the beginning part and then used, I'm assuming, the part that he did do in front of the crowd. So there's some definite trickery uh, that can happen. And I remember, uh, I remember that day watching Donald Glover on stage, and I remember saying, someday he'll win a Grammy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All my stories are like, hey, I did a thing, and a bunch of people catapulted into incredible fame and fortune after they did this thing. Uh, and I went on to do Nick Mom Night Out, um, which actually that... There was a little editing on that too because uh they uh the host of uh when I did Nick Mob Night Out was uh Caroline Ray, Caroline uh Sabrina the Teenage Witch mom, among a thousand other things. And she wasn't even there. She wasn't even there. So we, we just had to tape before the show even, we had to tape us walking on stage and walking off stage. And then later she was on that stage and she would just go from Seattle, Washington, please welcome Gabriel Rutledge. And then, you know, so it's weird. I had a couple people like, was Caroline Ray nice? I'm like, I don't know. She wasn't there. Um, That show was actually that. It was fine, the actual uh, taping. But before the show, we were doing a sound check. Everyone. So it's just crew and comedians. And I thought the sound check would be like, hey, hello, check. And they're like. Okay, everyone go up and do your last bit. Like, wait a minute. Well, we have to do our last bit we're going to do in front of these 20 other comics and no one else? I'm like, I do not I do not want to do this. I mean, I already it's a very fragile confidence I'm already bringing into this thing because it it doesn't matter how funny you are if you're sound checking your jokes in front of other comics, it's going to feel like you're bombing. So I had to, I think I, I said like two lines of the joke. I'm like, is that good? You guys got it? You good? Okay. Uh, and that's how you can tell people who are comedians uh, do not necessarily produce stand-up comedy shows because no comedian would be like, let's have all the comics do one of their bits in front of an empty room before the show. That'll give them some confidence. Uh, I remember Kevin Meany was at that show who, man, I... He died, son of a bitch. Uh, do you know Kevin Meany, listener? I think of his song all the time. 
which is a bit he would do. I think he started doing the bit when he wasn't doing well, and then eventually he just did it. It's like he just sing this song. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. My jokes don't go over. I don't care. Everybody, I don't care. I don't. He does not care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't. He does not care. I don't care. I'm happy, go lucky. Women call me plucky. I don't care. I don't care. Shut up. I don't care. Look out, Hank Mancini. Here comes Eeny Meeny. I don't care. One more time. No! I don't care. We hate you. I don't care. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Bing, bing, bing. This is stupid. Making noises on the Johnny Carson show. You're like a crazy person. Why do you do this to your father and I? Uh, yeah. I just, uh, I take great joy in Kevin Meany. He was, uh, super funny. Uh, that's not right. Uh, but, uh, interesting dude because he, uh, I mean, even though, you know, certainly had some uh stereotypical um gay qualities and did Ethel Merman impressions and a bunch of other stuff he did not uh he came out later in life um as a gay man which um what else do you <laughs> do you have to come out does anyone come out straight just <laughs> mom dad i have something to tell you I'm heterosexual. No! I'm sorry. It's even worse. I identify as a cis man. No, son. Are you sure? I'm sorry. I like football and boobs. No! Hunter Sawyer Taylor III. No son of mine's gonna be a cisgendered heterosexual. Maybe I'll experiment in college, Mom. It's not your life. So you're saying there's a chance. Your father and I are very privileged, and we wanted to use our privilege to raise someone who is disenfranchised. So it's going to take a little while to get over this disappointment. I'm sorry, Mom. Can't I just be a good ally? We did not raise you to be an ally. And scene. Good job, everybody. We did it. <laughs> this is where I pause and reflect and see if I've offended anyone. Uh, I don't think so. If you are uh, not... If you're anything, I love you. Okay? I love you. Straight people, gay people, any of the letters in the LGBTQ. Okay? I love you. I mean, even maybe you're a dick. But that's for your own reasons. That's not because of your letter. Okay? I love you. Um, and I loved Kevin Meany. And this is what I loved about him. Uh, besides, I mean, I always found him very hilarious and silly. Uh, which I love silly, man. Comedy is so serious now. Everyone's so fucking serious. Everyone's doing a one-man show. Uh, and uh, so even he came out as like a 50-something-year-old man. 
which obviously is a huge... He was married to a woman. Uh, he had children. He had uh, a career as a straight person. And uh, obviously that's a huge thing in his life to come out as a gay man. Uh, but there was no... There was no one-man show. Uh, there was no, uh, I'm gonna sit down on a stool and, uh, tell you about life as a gay man now. He just started doing silly jokes about being a gay man. Uh, which I, uh, there's nothing wrong with doing, making it more serious, but, uh, he was just Kevin Meany who was gay now. And, uh, I found it very hilarious. My mother goes to me, please go to the priest, tell the priest that you're gay. Please do that for me before I die. Please, go to confession. So I went to confession, I told the priest that I was gay. And it was very difficult to tell them that. And uh, Now we're dating, but so it worked out really well. Lamb of God, take away the sins of the world. Lamb of God. Does that does not does that not fill you with a little bit of joy, uh, Kevin Meany? Um, he was also he really he was dressed like in a three piece suit, uh, which really I uh, I was dressed in a shirt that wardrobe gave me because uh, I brought shirts to wear my standard sort of short sleeve button up. Work shirts, literally work shirts you buy at a uniform store. And, uh, Kevin Meany was in like this three piece suit. And they, the, I was wearing like a way too big for me blue shirt. I looked like a overweight Ray Romano. Just, ah, Deborah. Um, okay. Always close on a bad impression. That's what we do on this podcast. Everybody loves Raymond. See, I got I got a million of them. None of them are good. Um, if you leave me a five star review on iTunes, I will read it. I will be honest. I did not check to see if I got any new ones, so I'm gonna assume I had a thousand, and I'll read them all next week. Um, all right, we did it. We did it, everybody. We made it to the end. Uh, talk to you next week. Show's over. We're done. Bye.